it, it was only a matter of time. I mean, we really, we really should not be surprised <laughs> that the business press would do this. Yeah. I mean, it is about to be the 20s. It is kind of the 20s, so... Yeah. The economy's back. It's gonna be back, baby. Mm-hmm. It'll totally be back. And, you know, none of what's been happening... In the past, you know, everything yeah. is going to slow that down. Yeah, no. I mean, why? Money Week is very optimistic about the US and the UK, and there's so much pent up demand and everything's fine now that Biden has been elected and uh, uh, something something Brexit deal we'll just watch um, that <laughs> and the commodities market and blah, 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 blah. I don't think this guy knows what he's talking about it's like he's not wrong and granted this was from december 4th so we're a little slow in grabbing this but we only just saw like the front page and went are you fucking kidding me um it's a very photogenic page (laughs) oh yeah we're we're gonna we will be putting this like you probably see it in the title card right now (laughs) we left that one unaltered fair use protects us deal with it money week um and because we're talking about it so fair use fuck you um (laughs) and and, you know point individual points they're not wrong yes people who have been not able to go out and spend money on eating out or concerts or all the things that you know were part of pre-covid life and the before time the yeah yeah, people having money salted away would mean that money's going to get spent on that, and that would be a reasonable supposition to make if, you know, we didn't live in the world we currently are, and if we had actually intelligent, not stupid, awful people setting policy. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe if Corbyn was Prime Minister right now. Yeah. Or, you know... I mean, Bernie would have won. Oh, yeah. He would have <laughs> to take a line from Biden beating Trump like a drum. Yeah. I mean... Like a fucking drum on Hippie Hill. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that did not happen. And... I mean, I've been kind of going back and forth um, and thanks to everyone on the Discord who put up with my bullshit. But, um, I don't... I don't see this happening is the thing. It, the fundamentals like it, just aren't there. It assumes things like the capital flight we've been talking about since, you know, a couple weeks back. Probably a little longer than that. Um... Or that Brexit (laughs) is, you know, going to somehow sort itself out. Or that the U.S. is not about to do just the dumbest possible shit imaginable to deal with COVID. Um, 
starting with a non-existent stimulus plan. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. I just... I don't... (sighs) It is so thoughtless. Everything about it is. It's like... You're writing this about a month before Brexit goes through, and all the indications in the press, in the skull, but and everything suggests that the UK is not going to get a deal they like. No. And so far, the US has failed to pass a second COVID relief bill, much less one that's going to actually, you know do what it needs to do like we're like to give a sense of how bad the situation is with like covid federal relief spending like there's been estimates by public health officials in the u.s this is as per the new york times that it will cost like eight billion dollars to distribute the vaccines to everybody and so far 500 billion has been allocated you know less than 10 percent yeah 500 million (laughs) less than 10 percent I mean, I'm sorry, that's not enough. Like, in order to actually get to herd immunity, we need something like 70% of the population covered by this. And we're staring down the barrel of... We're probably still going to be vaccinating people well into 2022. Oh, yeah. This is, like... It's just... This takes, like, because we've said this before, that the business press is useless in a time of crisis because they immediately shift to full court press on manufacturing investor and consumer confidence. This is just, this is the point where they've gone full fucking Baghdad Bob. Yeah. I mean, I could, uh, and the hell of it is, is, I could see it in a few places that are not here. Yeah. Like, I'm sure New Zealand is going to be going gangbusters. China, Japan, and South Korea, they're going to be loving it. Like, Australia may be in for some rough sledding, but that's more because the coal industry has watched its export potential evaporate. Um, But that's yeah. more of a structural problem, and they were going to have to deal with that sooner or later. Um... I mean, even Taiwan isn't doing that bad. Yeah. Like, back to outdoor concerts. Yeah. Yeah, they're allowed to go outside, basically. And we're not. Or rather, we're allowed to go outside. We're just made to feel guilty about it. Or stupid, you know. Yeah, guilty and stupid. Yeah, because... But you still have to go to work. Yeah, like, the European Union probably is going to deal with this pretty well, too. But then I'd also imagine Africa will benefit from the commodities boom that's set to come. But I don't think that the U.S. or the United Kingdom are going to be significant actors or drivers of this process. Yeah. At all. And it's like, if if you're a retail investor... 
in the US or UK, you have nothing to really look forward to unless you're hoping to, I don't know, snap up some business assets and run um, after everything goes Mad Max in the UK. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, we got plenty more to get into on that later, but yeah, the short version is this is this is just some amazing like I mean, wishful thinking is just not a strong enough term. Yeah. Like this is the brain worms have eaten everything and now they have laid eggs and died. And yeah. those eggs are the brain that wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. So, welcome to Chop Chop Economics. We read this shit so you don't have to. I'm Miss Silver. With me is Doc Spider. Um, we have a Patreon. Um, please go join it. It's five bucks a month. It helps pay our server bills. Um, if you're not happy with my mic quality, then um, <laughs> you can always pay us. Yeah, and you can talk shit with us on our Discord. You can watch things like The Big Short along with us and laugh and cry and howl at the madness of Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a bit of Patreon-only content and we're looking to make more every week. It also um, gives us the time to do stuff like the Chop Shop Report stuff that we like doing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. We would like to do more investigative stuff. We'd love to hear from people who want to throw us some tips on that. Send it over to chopshopeconomics at protonmail.com. Um, but it also gives us time to be able to do that shit. I mean, we're yeah. like, we've got to be like the only podcast that's doing regular market news from an honest, completely left wing, burn it down perspective. I mean, there's economic report, but that they're not weekly. It's and, also know, much shorter. <laughs> that too. And there's, what's it, um, like, Behind the Bastards and Grub Stakers both do really good, like, deep dive stuff, but if you want to find someone who's not CNBC or Bloomberg or the Wall Street Journal to give you the straight dick on what is going on in the markets that's us yeah and we're not gonna lie about our biases i mean oh yeah no (laughs) we absolutely wear our fucking biases on our sleeves we don't Um, pretend to be objective yeah and like you know you should not trust what only us have to say. We are not your only news source. Please listen to other podcasts or watch other shows or however you prefer to get your news. And please, <laughs> please do not make your investment decisions based on what we tell you. Yes. I mean, or at least ask somebody else <laughs> if you've heard something on here. And you're like, hey, maybe I should short that. Please talk to your financial advisor. 
yeah. who was actually paid to do that. Like, if you have to ask my opinion, and my opinion is going to be some variant of the first bank of mattress, um, you are already lost. <laughs> Sorry. I keep my money in a credit union. <laughs> Just saying. Yep. So. Yeah, I think that gets us to our top stuff. Mm-hmm. We got quite a few in there today. The stimulus, it's going nowhere. Oh. You're just kind of spinning in fucking circles. Um, there is some movement, but... Like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, this movement is, like, twitching towards the finish line. Like, it's kind of like watching a ghoul crawl at you after you've blown its legs off. It's still Mm -hmm. making, you know, there's still motion happening. Um, Whether or not they get it done before the Christmas break, because, you know, we can't keep congress from recessing in the middle of a catastrophe when they need to go on holiday i mean i don't know about the rest of y'all but apparently for congress to do their jobs right they have to not show up to work half the time and get nothing done and you know tell their bosses to get fucked on a regular basis i mean how do we not have this job We could do it so much better. So, the um, the summary that Jeff Stein posted, Jeff Stein, Jeff Stein, Stein. Thank you. Um, the one that he posted looks it's pretty decent. Um, I'm particularly stoked about that student loan forbearance. Because the last thing I need is those fucking ghouls clawing at my door. But $748 billion is not enough to keep things going. I'm, I'm sorry, it's just not. It wasn't <sighs> enough in March when Congress yeah. passed $2 trillion through. Yeah, I mean, it's like... You could make a case that, like, doing one of those, like, every month or two might have kept things going, but... Uh, this is just not enough. The economy is disintegrating at just unsustainable rates. Jobless, the real numbers, which we gotta do our own, like, deep dive on in a bit, are just horrifying. Um... That's going to take, like, a whole episode to unpack why. But they are. Just trust us. 30% would probably be an accurate unemployment number at this point. On the low end. And 
Yeah, it's going to take way more than $748 billion to fix this, especially because, you know, the longer this crisis goes on, the more businesses fail. The more businesses fail, the more people there are that are going to need unemployment money. That's going to be more assets that are lost. That's going to be more people that are going to be facing uh, debt collectors for things like business debt and whatever the hell else they put on the line for their small business or their not-so-small business or whatever it is that's going under. Um that's and because this shit rolls downhill. Yeah. This shit just gets worse the longer you don't do something about it. So, yeah. Again, we're going to say you need $4 trillion to stop the bleeding at this point in the U.S. Not... $748 billion. And they still... This is jumping out. Still are not going to be cutting the checks. Yeah. Because it would take them over the magical um, one trillion number. And... <laughs> so well, dumb. we just can't give them... An, we can't give the people too much. Because then they might actually use it, and we don't want to subsidize... You know, yeah, but it's like, uh, this shit's just awful. This is like, there were like members of Congress arguing with a straight face that we can't bring back the $600 a week extra unemployment money because it was discouraging people from going out and seeking work. Never mind, you know, motherfucker what work, the service sector's dead right now, will probably be quite dead for the foreseeable future. This, by the way, is the problem with going to a full service economy. What happens when the services have to go on pause? Yeah, and it's like, it's worth noting that the the reason we're pessimistic about a recovery is precisely because they keep pulling bullshit like this. And basically, the more they differ, the less aid they give, the less likely it is that things will return to normal quickly, or quickly enough that people will notice it. And, you know, it's, in fairness, this is because, this number has been reached because of Republican fuckery. We will concede that this is because the GOP are doing their damnedest to fuck the poor with, like, a spike dildo, non-consensually. Yes. Um, but the part where this becomes the Democrats' mess is, one, we have Nancy Pelosi, who, when the announcement of the vaccine being ready much sooner than expected hit the press, said, well, we can make it on a skinny stimulus because the vaccine and Joe Biden are coming, and that will totally make up for the literal trillions of dollars of assets that have gone poof. One guy coming into the White House isn't going to fix everything. That's magical thinking. That's not how the that's not how the fucking country works. Especially not when that guy is listing his priorities as a nationwide mask ordinance. Good luck enforcing that when you've got 18 states who literally refuse to recognize you as the legitimate 
president-elect. Um, and most of the power for that is not at the federal level. Uh, the next thing is vax. I mean, we're not going to talk shit on the vaccine. We are not equipped to do that. Like, rolling out the vaccine is should be a priority of anyone in power anyway, because people are fucking dying, and the vaccine will slow that down and eventually stop it. Like, independent of all other things, that should be a good enough reason. And mm-hmm. let's reopen schools. Immediately. Even as schools are like, yeah, no, that's fucking stupid. Even as, you know, Israel, when they did that, sent their fucking COVID cases through the ceiling. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all so very fucked. Yeah. These people just... I'm really gonna lean in hard on that. They just don't get it i don't think it's that they are doing this with calculated malice because we know what that looks like that's called the tories because they covered up to 80 percent of people's lost wages and then said hey we'll give you 10 quid off if you go out to a pub sit in the pub inside and order an entree yeah Like, that is some calculated evil shit of going, here's the stimulus money on one end, and now we're going to encourage you to do something stupid and dangerous under current circumstances on the other that is good for the motherfucker that owns every Witherspoons in the UK. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when... Like, that's intelligent (sighs) evil right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly kind of amazing um but no we do not have that kind of malice here i mean a lot of the malice that the republicans seem to have is that um you know the democrats want something to be done about this crisis therefore Nothing should be done about this crisis because they have not capitulated yet. Mm-hmm. It's all a pissing match. It's so stupid. There's nothing beyond that. And Mitch McConnell going, well, if I tank the economy again, then I'll retake everything in 2022. And he's assuming that he's not going to have a very up close and personal date with Mr. Choppy Choppy. Yes. Like, if you have to ask, it's it's just, oh yeah. my god. We're, we're going to not go into details there on the advice of our completely unlicensed legal advice. Yeah. I mean, I... <sighs> Let's just call it a French haircut. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah speaking of haircuts <laughs> <sighs> Zuckerberg just got zucked um, fucking finally yeah and they've got <sighs> oh, oh my god beautiful. this fucking article 
where it's, you know their CLO um, Sandberg is like as oh. lean in the face of white feminism. Yeah, these uh, she's practically the one who invented the whole hashtag girl boss thing that plagues us to this day. Um, and she's like, well, you can't just take it back. Uh, those are just approved by law. Uh, why are you, uh, why are you suing us? Zuckerberg should never face any consequences. <laughs> just fuck you, fuck you. It's so, and sh- and she seriously is trying to say that Facebook faces competition. Never mind that. Hey, guess what? The Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp conglomerate that they hold doesn't play in the same lane as TikTok which is much closer to YouTube more than anything else. Yeah. And it's like the the other thing is basically at this point I don't know like what the f- <laughs> what the fuck do they expect? Like I think my favorite part is they're like how dare you? And it's not just the Federal Trade Commission, it's also like 48 different U.S. states. So the fact that you managed to get 48 out of the 50 states to agree that Facebook needs to get a hammer taken to its fucking face is pretty impressive. And that she's saying... Not even Microsoft got that back in the day. (laughs) No. Like, Microsoft didn't manage to piss off that many people. Like... This is kind of like, you know, it doesn't matter if you... Not for lack of trying, either. It's amazing. (laughs) Motherfucker was going for world domination back in the 90s, but, you know, Robin Williams had a great bit about it, even. Um, (laughs) (sighs) Rest in power, Robin. Um... (laughs) Yeah, she's sitting here going, oh, but it's not fair for you to, like, hit us with antitrust when we, you guys said these mergers were legal. It's like, well, one, that's because you bribed those motherfuckers, probably, allegedly. We're, we can't prove it, but we're pretty sure that's what happened. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's what campaign contributions are for. Um, and two, you know, we do live in this thing called a democracy, at least on paper. And that means people are allowed to do this thing called change their minds. Yeah. Like, well, actually, really, it's called we live in this thing called reality and we have brains. So therefore, people are allowed to change their minds and go, oh, wait, that was a dumb idea. (sighs) Like, I could almost see her being the person who's like, I don't give a fuck that I backed out through my garage door. I'm going to keep backing in and out through the garage door. I'm not going to stop and say, maybe that was fucking stupid. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't do a line of cocaine before I get behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. And yet, here we are. It is so annoying. Like, But it's so nice to see that they're getting it. <laughs> Long overdue. Oh, yeah. And, like... 
the idea that, you know, just because... Honestly, at this point, I would say there's more of a social media cartel than there is a social media hegemony by, you know, one company or another. It's, you know, they all play in the same shit-covered sandbox. Well, that's what's funny, is that really, if you're going to talk heavyweights in social media... Then, you know, we got Facebook and its appendages, Instagram and WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. which, you know, has basically replaced using a conventional mobile company in much of Europe, by the way. So this isn't a little thing that they own WhatsApp. Um, And... Like, to the point that, like, you know, the latest round of mass protests in Spain happening before COVID were coordinated through WhatsApp. Um, Like, fucking members of parliament have been busted for their WhatsApp messaging, revealing them being a little too candid about fuck the poor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these... These companies, you know, they get to basically just do whatever they want. And... Until now, we haven't really seen fit to stop them, and now that, you know, everything is going wrong, and, you know, the violent extremism, um, centrists are all, you know, clutching pearls, because, you know, predictably things have kind of gone to shit, and that makes, you know, extremism attractive. Ugh, it is so fucked. I mean... But yeah, they absolutely deserve to be hit on this. And like, you know, I don't... I don't fucking care what Facebook thinks. They should be pulled apart. On general principle. I... I, uh, You know what? It's actually kind of fitting, really. That... You know, corporations are supposed to be people, so if the FTC and 48 U.S. states get their way, then they will be sentenced to execution by drawing and quartering. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if Texas can execute it. (laughs) Uh, If Texas could execute a corporation, they would have done it already. (laughs) Many times. (laughs) Oh, yes. If it wasn't Texas, it'd be Utah, the only state that still uses firing squads and gas chambers. Yep. (sighs) On the other side of things, labor. The good stuff. And direct action. Mostly it's direct action. Yeah, in this case, but, you know. (sighs) There's an overlap. Good labor practices should involve a lot of direct action. Mm -hmm. So, basically, yeah. They, um, they won their eviction defense. Um, and basically... 
Uh, the Red House in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, you know, I'm sure that some of you have heard the weird rumors about the sovereign citizen connections and all that. And, you know, at this point, I don't fucking care. Like, I, I don't. I don't. It, yeah, it's funny to make fun of yeah, sovereign citizens, but, like, why should, why should we care about the feelings of, like, developers and the banks? Yeah. I mean, they're just landlords for homeowners, essentially. Uh, and when you dig into I, this, like, case, there's just... You know, it's all the fuckery. It's you've got a real estate holding company. You've got someone who snatched it up because of predatory lending, and yeah, and it's like the one handy thing about sovereign citizen bullshit is through paper terrorism, you genuinely can slow things down, and that's the only reason it's an effective strategy at all. Because you can, you can make um, you can make their lives miserable, and it's like, I mean, it's one thing for you know those fucking weirdos to go, well, you know, I'm I'm a white dude, so you know, therefore, no laws bind me. Um, no laws protect me because we are at sea and this is an admiralty court. I mean... We're doing this drumhead court-martial thing where I just get to give summary execution. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, that's one thing. But, like, you know, I don't particularly care what their legal strategy is. It fucking worked. It fucking worked. And I'm not... I don't feel sorry for the people they've hit with paper terrorism because they're fucking awful. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're a developer, if you're a bank, you don't get any pity from me. Like, yeah. And, you know, if someone or several someones is the case was in portland decide to erect five layers of physical barriers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like, uh, you know it's the it's the principle of the thing it's the principle of the thing like they called for help and we answered mm-hmm. so and- <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't feel sorry for the developer. I mean, why should I? I don't. Besides, most of the people who are bringing this shit up are like, you know, they're right wing cranks of their own. They're just mad because they can't use the same. You know, they can't use the same tactic because they don't believe in it. So. It worked. It worked. And I don't know. Maybe we do owe black people something. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? This shit works. So keep doing it, folks. 
keep doing that whole we're going to go full fucking lame is if you threaten to throw these people out of their home. Because yeah. it worked. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this is... You gotta do it for your neighbors. So they'll do it for you. You know? And... So it's like, you know, all the weird smears that the Oregonian put out and all that weird shit. I don't care. I really don't. Like, we know what you're doing. So yeah. Yep. On to worse people. Um, the kind who are the other type of sovereign citizen. Or at least they probably would embrace it if they got um, you know, sovsit pilled. <laughs> Fucking proud boys. Fucking proud boys. Ah, uh, yeah. They, um... They show a protester in D.C. Uh, no, in, in Olympia. Olympia. They stabbed people in D.C. They also ripped down and burned Black Lives Matter banners outside of historic black churches in D.C. And, you know, generally went on... A rampage. It was a riot, except it involved right-wing white men, so it couldn't possibly be a riot. Yeah, yeah. It's only a riot when, you know, the left does it. Or when, you know, anyone who isn't white does it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know... <laughs> there's only so much that you know they're gonna do against the street gang that is the Proud Boys because I mean they don't do anything about you know the street gang in blue why would they do it about the one in yellow <laughs> yeah yeah yep. it's just massively fucked and it's like you know, this shit's gonna keep happening because, you know, especially since, like, I don't know what's with DC, but they just simply don't have the numbers for counter-protests, or they don't seem to think it's important. And, like, the Portland experience should have taught a lot of you by now that you need numbers to keep these people from going ham on the streets. Otherwise, he gets shit like this. Like, if they don't feel like they're being challenged by enough people, then they'll just do whatever the fuck they want. I think it's because a large chunk of the people who might potentially possibly express some dissatisfaction with Proud Boys being there are too busy going back to brunch. Yeah, yeah. It must be the lanyard. It's, like, it's not new. I mean, D.C., going all the way back to when it was founded, included something in the city laws requiring that you build your houses out of bricks, specifically so that the poorest couldn't live in D.C., and they keep the largely black impoverished population in one section of the city 
that is under virtual police occupation. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> these are mitigating factors. Like the United States, what did like the founding fathers were like? You know, not sufficiently stupid to realize that if they want to maintain aristocratic domination over the country, they need to make sure there's not a surplus of pores in the national capital. Yeah. <sighs> so, banking and finance? Oh, yeah. So, uh, DoorDash, with their partner Payfair, is launching a banking app for your drivers. If this sounds like, you know, company script, it's, yeah, yeah, let's just admit it is. <laughs> um, I owe my suit to the company's So yeah, it's like very... I mean, I lived under a similar scheme when I worked for Walmart way back in the day. It was not fun. Because, you know, a prepaid visa is not a real visa. You can't use it everywhere. Um, There's a bunch of fees and bullshit on it. And somehow, I don't trust a company that you know, does this kind of thing. Like, this is not... uh, This is not, like, a zero branch bank, which is how I'm currently banked. Um, This is something worse. Um, This is pseudo-banking. This is... We are looking... For just the absolute best bullshit reasons to fuck mm-hmm. you over and fuck with your money. Yeah. On every part of the process. Yeah. I mean, it's like basically part of the trick is they'll transfer in your DoorDash payments for free instead of. I'm sure there's, like, fees for, like, actually getting your payment dispersed because there kind of always is. Yeah. (laughs) Because fuck you. Um, And it's, like, I understand why they think it would be useful because it can be, but you don't want your company you don't want the company you're working for to have control over your banking solution. You really don't. No. There's just... This is regressing to feudalism shit here. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Just because it's more convenient to have free direct daily deposit, that doesn't make it a good idea. And you don't need a company bank to do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they could just change their uh, their disbursement policies. 
this is this is about control. This is about weaving you further and further into their ecosystem, so that only you only drive for them, and you'll never leave. Mm-hmm. It's like Hotel California, but you're not a rock star. Yep. And you're more like the janitor. <laughs> There's a reason they never sing that part of the song. It's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> On to <sighs> energy and climate, and this one's fucking bleak. Oh, yeah. Like, we're really sorry that this is happening, by the way. And because it's just the world we live in. And. Yeah. Like, they're, the people responsible have names and addresses. Oh, yeah. So, there's a little known fact about radioactive waste. And this, by the way, is care of some very incredible investigative journalism by Justin Nobel. Mm. So uh, there's a little known fact about how radioactive waste is handled in the United States. And it's that every um, the regulatory regime is kind of weird once you get outside of like a nuclear power plant. If it's basically anything else besides that, besides like, you know, a DOE approved program, um, the regulations for that are left up to the states. Um, and there are quite a few states with no or limited regulations on the books. Keep that in mind. That's the, that's how things got the way they are, um, with this story. So care to tell it oh yeah so this is the very short version um we really recommend that you look up their work on this and by the way to the absolutely brilliant people who put this together if y'all would ever want to come on the show we will probably like spend half of it squeeing um <laughs> work by jason nobel and uh kristen Lowe. See, I think that's how you say it. Um, anyway, so what they did was they basically just went out and interviewed people that are working in the Marcellus Appalachian Shale field. You know, the one that Shell recently divested from completely. Um, and they went and they talked to people who were working in the field and dealing with the waste products particularly. And as well as talking with you know experts radiologists you know as you do and found that the solid waste that was coming out of fracking is just straight up fucking radioactive like it has shit like radium and other things in there that are bad for you like oh yeah radioactivity heavy metals just all the things and the people who were actually disposing of this stuff we're not actually told about any of this. They were just sort of left to deal with it. And we're told, oh, it's just brine. Just, you know, have some 
fucking jeans and a pair of boots on and you'll be okay we promise yeah Yeah. like benzene in there like shit that is just you need special equipment to handle it you need to dispose of it in a very specific way so you don't do something like contaminate the hell out of the groundwater and anything to do with radioactivity especially when we're talking about you know large containers full of pressurized salt water with radioactive contaminants in it like there is a lot involved in disposing of that waste properly and the correct answer is not to dump it into an open pit and dry it that is not the correct procedure the correct procedure is also to um, actually have radiological monitoring in place, which was not done. Nobody was told that this was anything but brine. Like, I think this is the part where it's worth mentioning that those OSHA regulations that you find to be annoying on the job Mm-hmm. are there because some motherfucker thought they could cut corners and ignore basic common sense and safety. So federal regulators had to be like, no, you are not allowed to put sailors in the same room as explosive fuel. What the hell's wrong with you? And make them sleep there in their berths. Or, no, you are not allowed to put people on the assembly line with obviously radioactive materials and no fucking protective gear so that when they die, their bones literally glow in the dark. Yeah. Like, and a lot of the industries, what they say is, these regulations are written in blood. Because somebody, somewhere, fucked up massively, and that's why we have a rule in place that would have probably protected their lives. Or at the very least, made going out that much less miserable. Because you don't fuck with this stuff, okay? Like, we're talking about... So, we should back up a little. The thing about fracking is, is you inject a large quantity of salt water with, you know, some other stuff in it. We don't actually know what's in it. It's mostly salt water. It's a trade secret. It's a trade secret. And every company does it slightly differently. Most variations are also, like, the kind of thing that would have Captain Planet go apeshit. Oh, yes. And... When this liquid comes back out, like, it's not useful. It doesn't have hydrocarbons in it. Um, we just used a lot of this water to actually, you know, fracture the ground. This water is very hot, so it, you know, absorbs solids more easily into solution. And... Nobody really tests what the exact geological composition of the ground all the way from the top down to the wellhead. So if you've punctured 
a large radium deposit? How the fuck would you know? They don't test for that. Fuck no. And so just, when they shoot water... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when they shoot water into this, a lot of the radium is dissolved into the solution and pulled back out, and now you've got this radioactive brine. I mean, it's not quite as nasty as, like, you know, a solid chunk of purified uranium that absolutely will kill you fucking dead. But it is still low-level radioactive waste, and it has to be handled accordingly. But... don't want to be exposed to that. Like, this is shit that will tick a Geiger counter. Yeah. And it's like, the thing of it is, is we understand how to deal with this stuff. Like, this is... This stuff can be handled safely. It's not that big a deal. But the problem is, is if you don't tell anyone that, oh, by the way, you might want to check this stuff with a Geiger counter uh, before you decide how to dispose of it then how is everyone who is downstream of that process supposed to know that yeah you're gonna have to use full radiological measures that you can't just dispose of it like you would regular salt water you definitely don't inject this shit back into the ground table like you just don't yeah. So, yeah. hats off to and check it out. It's on Public Herald. Um, they've got a full write-up and podcast. The title is "If Only I Would Have Known." Oil and gas whistleblowers speak out about exposure to radioactivity on fracking jobs. Check that shit out because it is some damn good investigative reporting that there just really isn't enough of these days. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you probably heard this story lurking about, like, um, I remember rumors of this story going out mm, six months ago, a bit earlier, but finally we kind of have an explanation of, you know, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is this water suddenly radioactive? Well, now we know. It's because there's a bunch of radium salts in it that we didn't expect to be there. And that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Let's be real. Like yeah. this is Like the reason the water table wasn't contaminated before was because it was solid until you broke it. Exactly. So yeah, this is it's definitely check it out. Give it a listen. This is what capitalism does when you let it do whatever the hell it wants. Yeah. Because everyone knows to pay attention to like uranium mining and such because uranium ore will absolutely fuck you up. But radium and stuff, now that you know we hardly ever use it anymore, nobody pays attention to that shit. Nobody looks for it. There's no need to mine it, so why bother? Except, oh yeah, you just cracked all this ground and injected water into it, and 
now everyone has to pay the price. Except for some executives. They get bonuses. Oh, totally. The, the, someone probably got a bonus for figuring out how to hide this shit. Oh, yeah. Um, it goes into, like, all the weird jurisdiction shit they use to hide the origin of this material, because not every state has... Um, <laughs> they're only really looking for like medical and power generation they're not yeah. looking for fracking water cause you know <laughs> trade secret so yeah that's energy and climate and that gets us to trade oh yes Cod War 4. Um, For those who aren't familiar with the reference, no, we are not referring to some spectacularly shitty sci-fi movie made on a Z-real budget. Mm -hmm. We are referring to actual conflicts that happened over cod fishing in the North Atlantic during the 20th century. Conflicts that the Royal Navy didn't do so hot in facing down with the, like, military titans known as the Icelandic Coast Guard. Yeah. I mean, there's Vikings somewhere in the family tree. I I'm sure that's how the Royal Navy spun that. Um, mm-hmm. And now, with Brexit going as swimmingly as anyone following this would have expected it to. <laughs> Boris Johnson has ordered the Royal Navy to prepare to deploy to the English Channel to protect British fishing yep. against the perfidy of the European Union. Yeah, well, you know, it's all their territory within the 200 mile easy um which, the fact that the Scottish waters are technically also still somehow part of the European Union and they can't actually send the ships up there without asking Police Scotland for permission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like that 200 mile zone is also covered by Ireland's zone. There's a lot of sticky jurisdictional issues here. Norway's got a steak in there too so do the dutch like it's just yeah yeah like this is not like the uk deciding to go it alone on this shit no they absolutely have to negotiate for this crap there's a reason for it and last time they did it against iceland they didn't do so hot they ended up losing if i remember right both all three of them. And in the court of law. But hey, let's go for another. Yeah. So there were three cod wars back in the 20th century, and the UK took the L on all three of them. But hey, let's, let's start a fourth. Because let's distract from the fact <laughs> that, by the way, those Brexit negotiations are completely falling apart. Like, you can hop on google 
there's really no one source for this because all of them are saying the same damn thing. <laughs> Which is yeah. Boris Johnson has like done a runner on negotiations. Um, and apparently the representatives of the European Union were very put out by it. Um, there has been further scuttlebutt floating around on Twitter and Facebook and many other places strongly <laughs> suggesting, and you know, these are things that are like somebody going, Hey, I know someone who works for the EU directly or someone claiming to work for the EU directly. I mean, take these with a grain of salt, but we're willing to give them some you know, time of day because they line up with everything else that's going on mm-hmm. that apparently, and again, this is rumor. We are reporting this only as rumor, not as fact. Boris Johnson started by making some digs at the French, followed by talking shit on the Irish. And then, um, <laughs> things sort of went downhill from there to the point that now the European council, and the representatives that have been sent to negotiate have concluded either the British government is not taking this seriously, therefore they should not be treated as a serious partner in negotiation, or the way they are taking this seriously is just so colossally perfidious Albion. Yeah. That they should not be taken seriously anyway. Because they can't be trusted. They're sitting over there twirling a mustache and punting a puppy. Yeah. Like, the rainy fascism island strikes again. Perfidious Albion demands their tribute in blood. The blood of the peasants. (sighs) Which peasants? They don't care. Just, just as long as it's peasants, you know, mm-hmm. like and proletarians. This, to be clear, <laughs> yeah, like at this point, it feels like the Tories are just going so fucking ham on this because they have concluded that. <laughs> well, I mean, one, I personally think a big part of why they've been going so full out on getting no deal Brexit is because once they leave the EU, there's nothing stopping them from legalizing hunting the poor for sport. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not, you know, some sort of Lexit fantasy where, you know, if only we could nationalize everything, then we could set, you know, set the Republic of England, Scotland, and Ireland on you know, the correct path. The or whatever. Path, if you will. Yeah. It's, um... You know, the Jeremy Corbyn Brexit plan. Yeah. Basically, what they wanted... You know, what the Lexiteers were saying is, like... Yeah, they they probably would make a deal with the EU. Um, and... What they you probably wouldn't go along with it, but for very different reasons. It wouldn't be because the Tories are sitting there going, yes, we are totally going to hold a member of the European Union hostage to get whatever the hell we want. Make a face at us and the Irish bloke gets it. Instead, they'd be doing it more for, they'd be like walking away more for reasons of, well, we can't possibly countenance a People's Republic of Britain across the channel from France because it might give the proles ideas. Yes. 
Like, that's, that's the thing. And it's like, the reason I was, uh, I've never been a fan of leaving, I thought the whole Brexit thing was fucking stupid. And the reason is, is because of Greece. Like, oh, yeah. what, what they did there was unconscionable. Like, what, uh, what they did to their weaker partners, um, during the Eurozone crises of like 2009, 2010, 2011, that was, that was beyond the pale. That was some real bullshit. Um, that was fucking evil. Oh, yeah. And I can totally understand why the British went out of that, but it's like, that's not why they're doing it. But the hell of it is, is they're never going to get their sovereignty back because, like it or not, they are tied in. The UK is not food. Uh, they're not self-sufficient in food. Haven't been for... 150 years, give or take. Yeah, I mean, hell, the entire reason they joined the EEC way back in the day was to secure access to more reliable food supply. Like, it was a huge thing. Um, obviously, I didn't live through that era. I'm not from the UK. Um, I'm not qualified to get into that, but there is a reason they went for it in the end. Because okay. the alternative was untenable. Like, <laughs> they did so not have quite enough food. Yeah, among other things. So now we're going to watch as... And we have to emphasize this isn't just going to be the UK that bites it from this. This is going to tear a train-sized hole in the global economy just when it really doesn't need it. Yeah. I mean, if it were just... If the UK were just any other random country, then, yeah... Like, this wouldn't be a big deal, but it's like, you know, this is the era of free trade, of neoliberalism. Like, you can't just pull the plug on the UK for a while and hope everything will be fine. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Risk exposure doesn't work that way. Like it or not, their fate is tied to the continent as much as they resent it. And frankly, I don't, I, I can't fucking blame them. No, I mean, the EU is its own trash fire. Let's be clear on that. It is a neoliberal trash fire. But what Brexit is about to do is taking a cannonball into a radioactive trash fire <laughs> and doing it in a way that will guarantee that that whole, you know, 2020 is the new, like, Roaring 20s, that shit's gonna go right down the toilet. 
yeah. once no deal kicks off, especially because the European Parliament doesn't have time to pass a deal at this point. Boris Johnson yeah, has fucked around for too long. Like, they have literally indicated that, you know, even if they don't want to put a deal to a vote that they haven't even looked at, I think you could probably get them to, like, sign off on an earlier deal that was scrapped and that they, you know, have actually looked at and could actually approve, but Boris Johnson doesn't fucking want that. He wants something. I have no idea what at this point. And the current deal, they can't really sign off on in time for it to matter. At time of recording, it is the 14th of December. Brexit happens on the 31st. There is not enough time to get this in motion. Especially when members of the European Parliament are saying, let's put the fucking brakes on this, because this is goddamn stupid. We are not going to just jam this through sight unseen. We need to actually do prop, do our fucking jobs, unlike yeah. certain other legislative bodies that I could name. Yeah, like, if this were, you know, one of the earlier deals, then, yeah, probably they could just go back to... Oh hey, this is this is how it looked. Um, yeah, we can do this. Or no, no. Um, and go back to the negotiating table. They're asking for too much. Like this is frankly ridiculous, and they said in like mid October that you know the deadline had already kind of passed for them to do their due diligence. Like, that's that's the reason they wanted a deal by then. But it didn't happen. And now at the 11th hour, they expect the European Parliament to bail them out. And no one wants to do that, so... Yeah, I mean... Short of, like, I could see, you know, if, like, the Tories all suddenly went poof, um, and so did, you know, the Stormrites, I could see a deal being made. Um, they'd probably, you know, negotiate a quick extension and then, um, negotiate, go back to an earlier trade deal or something. It would not be this sort of shit show. And, the European Parliament would probably approve it, because the alternative is disaster. Yeah. But at this point, it's too late. And I guess that gets us to our last word. Our last word. The UK is not the only country that is fucked. So are we. And... The governor of Nevada um, gave a speech that got transcribed into a series of tweets that are so fucking bleak. Amazingly bleak. Yeah, this is the first time we have actually seen a public official 
say something that is close to our wavelength and that actually scares the shit out of us. Yeah. Like, he has, on the plus side, Governor Sisolak announced the extension of an eviction moratorium in Nevada. Good. That means people are not going to die in the street, hopefully. Or at least more than usual. Um, But he also, very tellingly, said the following. To return its full stay-at-home restrictions without the savings and assistance we had in the spring would put us in a... position that would be as bad or worse than the great depression that means a return to historic unemployment and demand for public assistance and no funds to pay for it and he follows by saying if we could write a check to every nevadan right now to provide them with the ability to stay home and stop the spread i would but we can't He then goes into why the casinos are open. Um, and he, the Teal Deer is, they're taking measures, but also the state budget is like bleeding from every orifice. Um, and they literally cannot keep going in this manner. They don't, they don't have the money. They rely on, uh, they rely on the taxes from gambling, from all the associated economic activity to keep everything going. And when they shut down the last time, um, they lost, you know, a quarter of that budget. It just went up in smoke. Uh, a quarter of that contribution to the budget. And that was padded originally with the stimulus money that was given um that's long gone and it's like there's nothing he can do about any of this because the actions that need to take place have to take place at the federal level or you know he can just say like okay we're just gonna march everyone to the pandemic killing fields and or they have to like dramatically stru- restructure the state constitution. Yeah, it's the, it's just to see a state governor actually voice what we've been screaming for the last several months now is. I mean, I, I it doesn't make me happy. We were right. Oh, you were shit. right, and this part fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, we were right about we're all fucked. That, that's not... I, I don't like being right about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who would? This is... This is terrible. This is fucking bleak. And it's like... God, these tweets sound like so fucking defeated. Because it's like he's subject to forces that are completely beyond his control. And it's like it's carried them this far, but he's like, you know, this isn't going to carry us any further. We need help. 
And he's, by the way, one of the states that's stuck with shit like a balanced budget amendment that prevents the state of Nevada from taking on debt to deal with this shit because of stupid neolib brain worm stupidity. Because the state's not allowed to do things under yeah. neoliberalism, or at least it has to be this, like, fucking referee that keeps the market from, like, I don't know, sacrificing babies in public instead of doing it in private like civilized people do, or something yeah. like that. Um, and it's... I mean, I just... I. I read this and I'm just like, we are so fucked. And we've got Biden coming in with his mask, vax, reopen the schools plan. Not a word about stimulus yeah. or rent and mortgage relief or the other things that will keep people from fucking dying. Yeah. And it's like. <sighs> I, I sort of feel like at this point, the attitude on the in you know Biden world is that like our savior is coming. What more do you want? Like, at the very least, give us some assurance that you'll fight for this shit. And at least pretend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would not kill you to pretend you'll do something. But you can't even give us that. It's, yeah, this is what we're looking at. This is what we're dealing with. This is why we're pretty firmly at the place of shit's going off a cliff. Yeah, we may not know the exact contours of how that happens. We don't know if, you know, there might be a technical recovery at some point in the next few years. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, what I do know is this. We may already be past the point of no return. Um, and I say this, you know, not just cause like I'm an economic doomer. Though, I mean, at this point, can you blame me? Um, it's like, there's only so much you can do if you refuse to give any sort of stimulus, any sort of relief, and just hope that, you know, an inadequately funded vaccine scheme will carry us through. Because the only reason that, you know, all these other countries can have like outdoor festivals and nightclubs and all that fun stuff is <laughs> it's because they gave support because the society came together in mutual aid because the state supported them because of a lot of things that just did not happen in the United States or were so fucking half-assed quarter-assed, really. No-assed, in some cases. <laughs> that it may as well have not existed. Um, 
And it's like... Shit like Jason Furman going, but as a percentage of GDP, our relief was the largest on the planet. Yeah, Jason, that's because we had no fucking social safety net because of you and your dipshit coward boss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we had a proper fucking safety net, we'd already be reopened. Or at least things would be stabilizing. We wouldn't be talking about millions facing evictions. We wouldn't be talking about like we wouldn't be talking about hey, guess what? You're all fucked. We wouldn't be having the governor of Nevada saying this is going to be as bad or worse than the Great Depression. Like Yeah. I mean, what else is there to say about it? Like I I wish I could give you good news. I really do. But it doesn't exist. Like, there's nothing... We've been basically told, you know, um... Nothing fundamentally will change. That's what we've been told. Yep. And when you're this... And that might sound fine when, you know... Everything is kind of recovered, and the economy is ticking over, and you still have your job, and your apartment, and your stuff. Now? <laughs> I so, mean, yeah. yeah. That's where we're at. We're at more COVID dead in the U.S. than war dead from the Second World War. For the United States, anyway. Keeping yeah. in mind the U.S. was, you know... A little late. A little late. Yeah. And, you know, let other people like the Soviet Union do a lot of the dying. But, you know, it's... This is where it is. So... You know what? You know what to do. Talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends, talk to your coworkers. Yeah. Only we can save ourselves. Because these motherfuckers sure as <laughs> hell aren't going to try. Or yeah. even pretend. Yeah. I mean... And that's that might be our only liberation. Yep. So this has been Chop Shop Economics. You read this shit so you don't have to. Good luck everybody. Bye everyone. <laughs>